You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. You have no trouble with fulfillment, supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jeremy Benson. How y'all doing? <laughs> He's changing it up. And Mr. Jared Callen. How you doing? Now that we've got all that settled. <laughs> and we're talking Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And Stephen King month continuing. We all crawled out of the grave earlier today, and we're not ourselves, but we are. Yeah. I'm liking those veins you got on your neck. What? You can see those? <laughs> Fucking mortician didn't get those uh, covered with the makeup. <laughs> Isn't it kind of weird that that uh, that people can be put into the ground and come up, and, even though they've gone through the embalming process? You know, they're zombies, man. I mean, you know, like all their blood's been drained, and shouldn't their mouths be like stapled shut? And... Yeah, they cover that in the book. Oh, do they really? He talks about it. Yeah, they do, they do yeah. also talk about. They bring so, the, it up so in what do you mean that they, well. they come out and they're like? <laughs> Lewis has them not do certain things. Oh, oh, because he's planning on. Oh, yeah. see, he has that's himself cool. convinced that see, he's I not. Love, I love that. That should have been in, in either movie. Well, yeah, his uh, who is it? it's a family member. Lewis Creed has uh, that's like a yeah. His uncle a was home? a mortician. That's what it is. Oh, so he he, he that's knew. so cool. He, he has no, kind of prior knowledge to. He knows how to dig up the body. He's going through like, oh yeah, see, he's, I need this uh, pickaxe and I need this shovel. And if the ground's too soft, I'll get, I'll get a spade here. Like for he this. know in the book, like he knows not to get the cement tomb thing underground. Oh, do, do, do they allow you to not do that? They, I don't think you can do that anymore. The the vault, like the the outer core, yeah, the hundred year vault, and then it gets to the casket. He gets just a. Uh, like a plain top, not a sealed concrete top. The, the last time I went to a funeral, uh, they had that vault thing like sitting over to the side, and uh, you know that's our the, the main part's already down on the ground, and then they lower the casket into there, and then they and when you leave, they like seal that up and then like bury it. 
depending on what kind of kind of like you know funeral they're at. But that lid was sitting over there, and I went over and like stuck my hand underneath it and grabbed it, and it's like there's just like this sticky shit, and my fingers stuck underneath it, and I was like, oh god, oh god, <laughs> and I just like pulled my hand out, and I was like, oh, that's weird. So now that 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 particular vault has an air leak. <laughs> what? You know the lid that goes on the concrete vault? That, so the casket goes in the vault. Yeah. yeah. So the lid's got this like glue. It's got a seal. It's got a seal. And I like stuck my hand under it and grabbed it and my fingers got stuck. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I got to touch everything, bro. Man, man, they, they, don't, they have like the little, uh, I don't know, what is it? The uh, the stuff they put on the adhesive so you don't, I don't know, what is it? It's what do like you a mean? It's the paper. Oh, they, they, they pull the, the they pull that. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They've already pulled that at the factory. <laughs> like, you know, the, the guys set that up and they pull that fucking sticker backing off. <laughs> It's they like, probably pulled it it's off. It's like coiled up and laying on the ground. They just threw it down. It, it's down in the grave. They, they throw it in the grave. You know, how, you know how when you get a package from Amazon, they, they peel that sticker and they, they put that in the envelope? <laughs> it's just like that. It's like in there. <laughs> All right, guys. Pet Cemetery. Let's start at 1989. We're the, entering 1989. The first film adaptation. Um, now, the screenplay was written by Stephen King. Ne- never been his strong point. Uh well what what did he write screenplay wise before screenplay. this was uh what did he do he did he did Cat's Eye he wrote that I'm not sure what he did before Maximum 89. Maximum Overdrive hey. he wrote and directed that one that one's great uh this is like what number three I don't know let's ask the guru <laughs> it, it's it's kind of interesting that you get the author coming back to adapt his own work for the screen I always I always kind of like that he knows the the source material more than anyone yeah you know you think they would. Do a great job, and they necessarily won't use it. Just use it as a as a jumping off point. You know, well, he's thinking that as he's typing it. Well, okay, so he got burned by The Shining. You know, like Kubrick, he wrote a draft. Yeah, you know, originally, and he was um, like, eh. he gave it to Kubrick. Kubrick was like, eh, you know, Stephen King, I don't know about this. Uh, goodbye. What about what about uh, what do you think about the afterlife? Um, <laughs> hey man, you awake? <laughs> you believe in God? <laughs> Stanley, it's three in the morning. Come on, it's not three in the morning here, bro. <laughs> but when he got to uh, it's nine o'clock in the morning, all right, here. so screenplays Creep Show. Oh yeah, he did do Creep Show. Interesting. That wasn't based off of uh, any of his uh, previous work, though, right? That's not a novel, or that was original, right? Yeah, Cat's Eye. Okay, Silver Bullet. He wrote silver. He wrote the screenplay for Silver Bullet. That's what IMDb says, what bro. What does it say right there? And yeah, he did. I remember reading it. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Why would you change Silver Bullet? Oh man. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. Oh man, Stephen King does not have a good track record here of adapting his own work for the screen. I told you. Oh. He's a novel writer, bro. Hmm. All right, touche. Pet Cemetery. Silver Bullet. Ooh. I, I, mm. I is that not a good movie? That one. The book is great. It's well. It's is it about a train? No. Is it about a bullet? It's about a werewolf. Okay. The original, but the original novella is like a cycle, cycle of, of the, the werewolf. werewolf. He started out. He was going to do like a gimmick calendar. Well, it's like each month is a page or so, and it tells a little part of a story. But it oh, I see. Kind of yeah. gets out of hand. It was going to be like a comic book with pictures. Oh, that's cool. But then you know, around like may pages start getting to be like five pages it's still I mean, it's a real short book right um it's kind of like a little comic book slash novella cool idea it's a great little werewolf story mixed with like you've probably I mean, you've seen the movie right what silver bullet i haven't no 
He thought it was about a train. Okay, well, it's, it's about a little paralyzed kid. There's a werewolf in this town, right? Yeah. And this paralyzed kid figures out that the werewolf is the pastor. The book gets into... I, I, we, we tried to do a remake of it, so <laughs> studied it a little bit. Um, the little novella gets into like him and his sister sending this guy notes and like trying to get him to kill himself. So it's this back and forth between them and the werewolf guy movie kind of skims over that real quick. It would be a great remake. Hmm. They need to do a remake of that one. Instead of doing three versions of Carrie, do we need three versions of that movie? Each one getting worse. I don't know, man. Is, 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 uh, well, no, I take that back. The TV movie was in between. <laughs> yeah. That one's pretty bad. I think we should remake Pet Cemetery 2. Like, as in Cricket? also? Cricket? Cricket? Or... <laughs> Cricket? Edward Furlong's like, hey, can I be in it? I'd love to, I'd love to remake um, Salem's Lot. I think that would be a fun one. That one's never had like a theatrical... Yeah, no, both of those versions were made for television. Yeah. That Toby Hooper version's so good, though, man. I love that. <laughs> um, a buddy of mine's on the new Spike Lee movie, and, um, well, the one that his editor is uh, directing, and he sent me a picture of Christine. You know who Christine is. Oh, nice. Is that the actual car they use yes. in the movie? That is dope. Isn't that baller? Man, they kept that up. Plymouth Fury. When I got to see the Ghostbusters car before the remakes, it was all like, <laughs> it was run down, tore up. Man. But Pet Cemetery, that that's uh, Stephen King. Is considered He considered it his scariest book. That's, what, that's yeah. what it's always said, anyway. That's what the blurb is about it. And he was on set for the 1989 um, version of the movie. He was, you know, he's taking a different, yeah. different approach. He got burned by the shiny. And he also got a nice little cameo in this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Playing the, the wait, preacher. Wait. Yeah. I love Fred Gwynn. Every line he delivers, I think, is is just classic. Right. Like, how he even says, sometimes dead is better. Man, it just gets stuck in your head. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> um, I think he's good. Um, I, I think the movie f- uh, fails in the direction department, like, big time. Yeah, because every other actor is... Terrible. Th- that's not exactly true. They all have good moments. Uh, the dad's pretty solid, but for some reason, what? No, I'm gonna tell you, he's pretty solid. But are like, you serious, man? Let me get, let me get my fucking sentence out, Brian. <laughs> he's pretty solid in some moments, you know. But like, there's like these weird overacting moments, and then like these like facial expressions that he makes, like like when he sees church for the first time, he like falls down and has this like Aah! like look on his face. And it's like, hmm, did they cut the audio there and just like play dead? Be dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like Dude, what super, are you doing? super over the top. And what are also the good like, moments though. Like I agree with you, those are all terrible moments, but where are the Dude, come on. Well, may, may, maybe it's just because I'd seen the the new one and then I was watching this one. I kind of liked how how his grief for the for the son was there and then like and like his relationship with the kids a little bit was seemed a little bit better and even his relationship with um with Judd. That's his name, right? Yeah. Um, but um, I always, the, the, I always like the, thought, you know, I always thought the dad in the original movie was okay. I think it's pretty solid, but really? like, uh, but in, yeah, in the mom, I, I like, I like I mean, Crosby. It, it has moments where it slips to, all right, I can tell you're acting to overacting right. to carrying it just fine. When, and that's also the, uh, it was the mom that always bugged me. See, I like the mom in this one, I, man. I, I, I think, I think she, you mind in the new one or the old one? And, yeah, 1989. Okay, uh, yeah, so Denise Crosby, uh, yes. Star Trek fame. I knew uh, you were going to bring yeah. that up. First season only, though, right? Well, that's, yeah, that's because she wanted to pursue movies. 
Okay. All right. Well, yeah. good for her. Yeah, she was like, uh, she's like, I, I can't be standing up here on a fucking bridge, not without any fucking lines. And you're not you're like, you know, she wasn't happy with how the, the, you know, the show was like, you know, treating her character. So she's like, fuck this. I'm going to go off and do movies. Well, that worked out. Yeah, she didn't have a really, really good movie career. <laughs> so she they stayed on Star you know, Trek. So they did, kind of did the Will Wheaton thing where they keep, they brought her back every season in, in an episode or two. She's like, would you like a paycheck? <laughs> yes, I would. They, they would even do like cameos where she's dressed like a uh, like a Romulan or something, and everybody on the cast can't tell that's her. Like, <laughs> wait, you remind me of someone. Hey, what happened to your ears? Your ears look really weird. What's up with that? I mean... Your voice sounds the same. And when you come across the communicator, you sound like our old friend who's dead. But she but she got to fuck Data. That's pretty badass. Uh, is it? That's like having sex with the best vibrator of all time, right? Yeah, man. He he, he is... Uh... <laughs> you get really excited about that, <laughs> I'm trying, trying to remember the line, but like he, he's, 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 uh, he's well-versed in multiple, like, you know, um, positions and... Speeds. Speeds. Oh, I thought you were going to say species. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter what planet it comes from. Data's got it covered. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. It, uh, it's got a bunch of tentacles, and Data's got it. <laughs> She's pretty good, but there's just, like, these moments where it's just, like, there's really bad... It's I'm trying to remember. It's like when the first time we see the whole family outside, and they all kind of share this laugh with each other, but it's so put on and, yeah. and terrible. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, guys!" Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember the scene, but it was like I, I know, I know it was like one of the about. first times they meet Judd, and he comes over it's when they first moved to the house. Yeah, and, and he comes yeah. over, and they're all talking, and he kind of and they tell a little joke or something. Something kind of funny happens, ish, and and the little girl comes up and says something cute. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, cheese ball. But that's what I was, that, it was also making me think that this is a made-for-TV movie. It, it feels like that. It feels like those fucking Stephen King made-for-TV movies. And I looked up the director, and before that, she was just doing music videos. Madonna music videos. Who gives a fuck? You've worked on music videos, Brian. I'm like, just saying. They're, they're ter- I mean, like, no, that doesn't mean you can do a narrative film. I'm not, I'm not saying film? it does. I'm just saying she, she was working with, you know, decent-sized budgets. And, right. You know, working with divas. And, and HD does not help this movie at all. Like, uh, dude, I saw this in 4K. It's got some nice film green. Okay, that's that's the thing that looks all good over on it. Okay, and some some of the shots are but not. But that bad. gauge dummy at the end looks real fake, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The head wound on uh, Victor Pastel looks, looks better great, than though. the new one. <laughs> I don't think so, man. man I went back right, and rewatched that. You rewatched? I thought it looked. I thought it looked fine. <sighs> looks real cakey. There's a lot of meatloaf going on there. Well, I think that's what they were trying to... I don't know exactly what they were implying that happened to his head. Well, his brain's hanging out. Well, no, it's, it's like skulls. Like, it's kind of crushed and... like Peeled open a little bit? Yeah, but it, it's weird because it's, it's like a Freddy Krueger got you, a hold of him. Have you ever been on a college campus like that and driven around? There's no way you can get up to speed like that to where you can, like, clobber somebody. You gotta be driving real reckless to be speeding like that on a college campus with his... How tight and curvy all the roads are. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Maybe it's right next to the main road. It could be. Maybe he was running to school and he lived <laughs> off campus. Everything in that city is like is like right on a, a major roadway where these giant trucks go through constantly. <laughs> that's how things die in this town. They I'm get ran the that, fuck that, over. That, uh, <laughs> campus doctor may be close to the main road. Right. Figured he'd be right in the, in the heart of the campus. You know? Poor planning. 
<laughs> he's on the fucking outskirts over by the fucking football field. He's <laughs> I know what you mean about the 1989 version feeling a little bit like a TV movie. But I think the, where it feels the most TV for me right. is when they go and they do the Barry and the cat. It's all during ju- the daytime. Right. And it's all over. I mean, it's all bright. There's it's no, there's scary. no, it's not scary. And when he's like, oh, he's like, oh, do you hear that? And he's like, well, that's just a loon. It's like, like it's middle of the fucking it's day, middle of the day, Yeah. That was way creepier in the new one. Like, you know, it was like, man, like, um. Yeah, it totally didn't. And the woods, like, aren't thick enough. I mean, you can no. see forever through yeah. those woods. Yeah. It's like, but it's I do like when scary. they're climbing the mountain uh, to get there, and they have to go over these, like, little shelves, and there's, like, these, like, hash marks cut into the rock. Yeah. Is that in the book? That Were they uh, those, like, markings? That's kind of cool. It's lead, leading toward the tribe or whatever. No, I don't remember and that. And then I, I like the, the little aerial. carved out. Like the little aerial shot, you know, that shows the big circle and they have that ADR. Yeah, no, the production design in. is like good. Like, that, that, that looks really fucking cool, you know? It should have been at fucking night, though. It, well, they cut back to night later when he goes to bury his son uh, in a really, really bad match shot. But, um, like... Man, I... I <laughs> but it's I, that, nighttime and there's, and there's like, you know, fucking lightning. Yeah. And like, Give yeah. me the bad match shot. I'll take the bad match shot, dude. At least it's fucking atmosphere and I'm, get, I'm getting some feels from it. Right. During the day... I'm getting like, yeah, that, well, that's maybe, a good production design. <clears throat> maybe they were thinking, I don't know, I have no idea, I haven't met this lady, but maybe she was thinking, since you don't know what the pet cemetery does yet, it doesn't that need to be. she doesn't want you to feel creeped out until the cat comes back. I can I would, see that. I would see that, but like, why add the sound effects and try to creep me out, you know? Well, like, because you know the, I mean? the loon was coming, you know, that, that thing. <laughs> no, sir, it isn't. What? Well, wait, wait, wait. Just, 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 just to clarify, uh, in the new one, they, they, uh, he shows the uh, like a drawing of a of a creature that's got horns, and that's the that's the loon thing, right? That, the that's Wendigo, the, the Wendigo. Yeah, that's or wait, wait. I thought it was the Wendigo tribe. No, no. What's the, the Mick, name of the tribe? Micmac tribe. Micmac. Micmac. It's the Micmac burial ground. Micmac paddywhack. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so I knew somebody was gonna do that. Uh, but uh, stop making fun of Native American names, man. That's not. Is that true? Is that a real one? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Fuck, I don't know. I don't, I don't live in Maine. Yeah, I don't know the fucking. I don't. I know the tribes that were in Virginia um, around me when I grew up. But. So, like that. That uh, was the name of the thing, the the picture of the thing, the Wendigo, the Wendigo. So that that's like the spirit that like lives in those woods. That it's in between the the cemetery and the the pet cemetery, like right. like the burial grounds. So that's what he was hearing, right? That was the creature. Yeah. So he's like, oh, that's a loon or whatever. Yeah, that needs to be a little scary, but I don't know. You can't do it during the day, man. It just it just it sucks all the feels out. <laughs> in that one, in, in that movie, when he goes to the uh, to the graveyard during the day to scope it out, and I'm like, is he about to dig this fucking body up in the daytime? Are they going to do this whole fucking movie in the daytime? <laughs> but he goes, he, but he goes back later. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> but he like, he, doesn't he go in with a shovel during the day? I'm yes. like, what are you doing, bro? I know. <laughs> it just it just reeks of like, and they had like, what was the budget on this? It was uh, it was it a was, lot. It was twenty one? No, it was uh, it was eleven, 11 million, right? Eleven point five. Yeah. That's Holy a lot crap. of fucking money for that to look like that, dude. Yeah, well, the equivalent uh, in today's dollar, it'd be 22.7, which puts it above this new Pet Cemetery's That's budget. massive. That movie should have been fucking insane. Especially, like, uh, it was 1986, right? 1989. 18, that's even... 
Yeah, right. Yeah, it should have it should have been way better. <laughs> I always felt like that was a it was weak on direction. Music video director, bro. Mary Lambert doesn't get a pass. <laughs> can uh, can you since you're there? Can you click and see what her biggest film is? Oh, dude, it's Pet Cemetery. Pet, pet, pet. Is it really? She's done nothing since. Well, she did Pet Cemetery too. She came back for the uh, the oh, sequel. Okay. What if she's still living off that money? I have never actually made it all the way through Pet Cemetery too. I remember the drill scene. Where he like drills through Look, the door. Man, the only reason you watch that is Clancy Brown just fucking chewing the scenery off <laughs> and just calling women bitches and smacking <laughs> little kids around and animal abuse. I mean, he's just the worst fucker. Dude, speaking about animal abuse, the scene where he stabs the fucking the, the cat. Like, is that a real cat? Like, like he, he, he picks up church and he like, he's like stabs it with the fucking needle and it looks like he really does it. And then the needle sticks in him and then he like the, the cat looks like it's a real cat and it it goes limp and he kind of picks it up and it's all like rag dolly. That's one of the most realistic looking fucking, that's where that millions of dollars went into that fake cat. Uh, well, you know, okay. I, to be fair, I guess every adaptation of Pet Cemetery they are breaking the two rules that, you know, you don't. You shouldn't break when children you make a and film. cats. Yeah, <laughs> you're going straight out of the gate. Animals and kids all over the fucking place, right? And they didn't use a twin. The the boy playing Gage. That's just one little boy. I looked him up. and He's done a bunch of cool movies. He's in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah, he is. He's the he's in Children of the Corn too. Isn't yeah, he? and and he's uh and he's in oh a, fuck yeah is he? he's in a bunch of shit. He's in a bunch of shit that you recognize. When I was looking him up last night, I was like, this is insane. This little kid actually had a cool career. I know he's in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I'm. Yeah, he, he he's the main little boy in that. Yeah, yeah. I I always remember. And, and when he grew up, he did some other things too as a young as a young boy. Um, Mary Lambert's done a lot of television. Yeah, not well, a lot in the movie front. I think she found a home. Well, her shit looks like TV, especially early '90s TV. Damn, <laughs> throwing that shade. How, how many episodes of Full House did she do? Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> You ain't even trying. <laughs> camera one, camera two, camera three. Fuck you. There ain't no camera three. Wait, we can have four cameras rolling at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to shoot this quick. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, think, I think we got what we, uh, what we feel about um, a Pet Cemetery, the well, 1989. Just, what's the best part of that first one? Man, fuck, dude! Fred, every scene Fred Gwynn <laughs> is in, and like after that, when when he's not in the movie, I just you feel the acting. Just, and I'm not saying like he's giving an Academy Award winning performance, dude. but he he's just really decent, and it looks like an Academy Award winning performance in this fucking movie. He's not as good as he was in My Cousin Vinny. Well, like no, he shines no, I, in that fucking movie. That a, movie's a performance. A this one, he's role. he's he's playing he's playing like a really kind of like a character. He 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 pops in this. He's the only one that like he's like the shining star that's in this fucking movie. Yeah, and also he, he has one of the coolest effects in the movie. When they cut his fucking heel and they cut his Achilles tendon, that look that holds up. That looks good. And when he cuts his mouth, the the initial cut of the of the cheeks is baller. It looks really good. And then when he lays back down, come on, man, think about the time. You got to think about yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, I, well, that, that's pretty damn cool. The only problem is, is like the, the his lips, the, they really don't match his, the well, skin right beside his cheeks. Right, but like, and with how deep it is, and then when it cuts to the next shot, it's like really, it's just, you could tell it's just like makeup. I'm like, ah, I wish that you could still see it like gaping open. And I'm thinking like Tom Savini did better stuff in the Friday Thirteenth movies the same decade a lot earlier. I mean, the Prowlers got better makeup. The Burnings got better makeup. You know, when you get more money, you get lazy. What do you think the best thing was, Benson? 
See, it's hard, man. You should leave that long ass pause in there. <laughs> All right, it's, I mean, it's just it's been a long time since I saw that one. Um, man, other than Fred Gwynn, maybe the little kid's line of "Not fair." Oh, I love that. That is super cute. When he's walking away, he's like, "Not fair," but I hate I hate the scene where he's walking up to uh, Denise Crosby and he's like. I got something for you, mommy, and it's just so bad. But I mean, how you else? I mean, like, how good is a three-year-old actor going to be? You know, man. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of feel they're getting those moments where they can. I, I like his little look though when he goes and he's like dying, and he sits down, and he like goes against the wall, and he looks over, and he gives him this like dirty little look, and I'm like, <laughs> I can, I can just see the director. Yeah, I thought that was a good. Yeah, that scene. was good. I see this. I see the director like giving these faces like. Like, all right, now, now do this for me. You know, give, give me your, give me your mad face. Okay, honey, mad face. Now stump all over like a drunk person. <laughs> What's that? Oh, dude, those see, that scene where he's fighting the dummy of that little boy is so fucking funny, man. He's like very Grr! child's play. It's very child's play. It's yeah, oh, totally yeah. a fucking doll. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it that much because in play. look, I don't care if it's a zombie little kid. If you're like three foot tall. And you're coming at me, I would kick that little motherfucker. And I'm like, when he, like, you don't even really get to see him really attack the mom. He's like, come here, honey. And they coming over with the razor and, like, with the uh, uh, scalpel. scalpel. That woman, Denise Crosby, could have, like, chokehold that little bitch and, like, took him down. There should have been some really badass fight scenes there with that little guy. Well, I think the whole point is she's seeing her dead son and, you know, catching you off guard. Well, no, her her, her reaction when he when she's like, I got a present for you, mom, and he pulls out the scalpel and she's like, oh, God, oh, God. I'm like, why are you even freaking out right now? You know, like about that, like that, that seemed kind of weird. I don't remember her. Like, I just remember her like weeping and just staring at him. Yeah, she kind of breaks down a little bit when he pulls the, the thing and he comes over. I don't know. And he's wearing this weird like little like blue dressy looking thing. He was dressed he, he, like he, Zelda. He, oh, is that what that was? Yeah, that's what they were going well, cause, for. Because they, they had that flash where she was there, but so he was in her clothes. Okay, all right, that makes a little more sense. And he's, he's dressed like the uh, the little painting that's oh, in her parents' house I like as that well, painting, yeah. Hat. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that painting, a uh, little chubby. Uh, but yeah, um, the uh, Zelda in this one, is, there's this funny scene where, uh, where Denise Crosby comes into the doorway, and Zelda's on the bed, and she's facing the other way. But there's no sound here. There's well, there's a little like um, score like <coughs> that leads in, and then Zelda like spins around to face her, and she kind of uh, <laughs> she she spins around and she's got her hands up like 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 she's got like like kind of holding out like uh, like her I don't even know how to describe it. They're kind of like loose oh, in front she of looks her. Looks like she's a prancing bunny. Yeah, like she, like she looks like a bunny, but she like spins around and then like like uh, and then just like pauses for a second and then she starts to talk i'm like what the fuck was that <laughs> like and there was like in in a nowadays score you would have went you would have put like a sound on her moving but it's just quiet and she damn those filmmakers <laughs> of the past they don't know how to do stuff like nowadays i do like the score in the original pet cemetery that uh the composer elliot Go- uh goldenthal he did uh we talked about him on alien three mm. so I, really, I know that's not the best movie in the world but man the score is brilliant i love that score um, and he, did the, he took over the Batman series after Danny Elfman left. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's a great composer. Great composer. I, I thought he did a, a good job of like yeah. adding that, you know, mystical, I don't know. He, he does do some jump scare moments in the score. Yeah. Not as crazy I as I wish that he would have done a little bit more with, with Zelda. But but the makeup on her yeah. was good. Like the like the, the director too. The uh the back, you know, her back and all that. She looked good. I think that's all I- 
<laughs> and Stephen King was heavily evolved. Like, I mean, he was on set every day. So, I mean, that could have been some of his input as well. I think that's just a weird movie to look back on. I remember seeing it back in, like, 1990 and thinking it was okay. Acting was weak. But, you know, then now watching it now, it's, it is what it is. It feels very 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine for its time. It feels cheap yeah. 80s. I think it's really it's really weird that uh, Fred Gwynn's house is like all beat up and gross looking, but their house right across the road looks brand fucking new. He's like, it's been a long time since there's been a family in there. Oh, really? Looks like it's been a long time since there's been a family in your house, bro. Like, <laughs> uh, so, that makes perfect sense to me. Like the realtors had to fix that house up. Fred's been oh, living yeah, in his house. Go. All right, yeah. Got to sell that motherfucker, um, dude. So uh, I like the Fresh scene, like like when uh, so uh, Dad's going to uh, to go find um, Gage, and he goes over to Fred Gwynn's house, and he opens up the door, and he goes in, and it's all like it's like we went into the upside down <laughs> in the uh, oh, Stranger yeah. Things. What the fuck was going on there? Was that just all in his head, or is that the way the dude's house looks like on the inside? No, that's like I know, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Da- oh, I guess. Can we talk about the the rules and the universe here? Yeah, explain this in to this, me. In this, because the book really doesn't one hundred percent explain it either. It just kind of chalks it up to there's some the burial ground causes supernatural shit. But Victor Pascal, like, are, are there just ghosts that pop up in this world? And does Ellie have the shine? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that because every time, yeah, she's like, uh, you know, I need to talk to her now because she's had a dream that her mother died. I was like, why the fuck is this a little getting this? It's just kind of like a very bizarre, like, you, when you're reading Pet Cemetery, it's just like, you know, all this shit's just kind of here. It's out, in, it's out in the universe, guys. <laughs> in Stephen King's universe, some people have the shine and ghosts show up. <laughs> I like Pascal in the first one. I think, I think he's they underutilized him in the new one. Like I. He only shows up once in the book, really. Really? Yeah. And outside of that, he's just mentioned. I, I like his, like, constant little, like, you know, he pops up. Like, yeah. yeah he's, he's a little bit more smart aleck in the first one. Yeah. And he's, he's like, also kind of like, no. He's like, he's like, no, I told you don't go. Stop. Huh? Well, fuck it. <laughs> if you're going to do it anyways. I tried. Don't say I didn't help. <laughs> like, what was the scene where you're she's fucked. trying to get a car? <laughs> you're fucked. <clears throat> What's the scene where she's trying to get a car and he's like, oh, I think you got one open or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, it's kinda like he was like beaming his yeah. thoughts into her. Oh, it's uh, yeah. It's something about the um, it's like the one with the scratch on the side or whatever. No, oh, uh, it's a plane. It's a plane seat. And she's like, she's trying to find a flight out. No, he's talking about the, there is a scene where he's, she's trying to get a, like a rental car or whatever. And, and he's like, he's like, well, he's like, well, what about the one that just came in? That's got a scratch on it or whatever. And the guy and, and she's like, uh, well, what about that? He's like, oh, yeah, well, that one just came in. and It's got a scratch. She's like, I don't care. Oh, was that? I thought that was for an airplane. I don't think she would care if the in. airplane had a scratch on it. <laughs> as long as the motherfucker still flies. Oh. Well, yeah, I thought she was implying like the plane was beat up. It was something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. I have to go back and check. But that makes sense as a car because she's yeah, driving a car back yeah. in the next scene. Is she flying an airplane? She, she flies a starship. She gets on multiple airplanes in the movie, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I like the woman's face when she has the uh, has the dream and she like <laughs> like that, and the lady next to her is like, "What the fuck?" What'd you guys think of the uh, this new adaptation? I liked it except for the ending, but um, I was on board up until the end. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people say they didn't like it. You know, uh, I've heard a lot of that too. Yeah, like I was on set all week with the uh, podcast veteran Wahid, and he was not happy with this movie. He's like, man, all the actors were terrible and everything. I was like, really? What? 
I swear. I swear it's what he said. Man, the first thing I said when I walked out was like, well, they improved the acting. <laughs> I thought the acting was way better. Yeah, the acting was, was, was pretty I mean, solid. I, even, I was a little worried about having that image of Judd of... Oh, yeah. But I, yeah, I thought he pulled it off just fine. I think he did. I, um, I just don't... I think the original uh, film uh, like set up the relationship between him and the family a lot better. And like in the new one, he talks about how the uh, about how Ellie gave him the the spark of his life and all that, and that just totally did not come across in it, his relationship. Yeah, it seems like the new one's trying to make it more like him and Ellie had a bond, but you, but you don't even really see that in the original movie and in the book. It's him and Lewis forms right. a bond, and you totally see that in the in the original because they're like hanging out and drinking, and and then uh, it shuts and like then like. Uh, he's always over at like birthday parties and having dinners and you know like he's part of the. Well, family. they also shoot that whole like montage that goes through like Thanksgiving. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think there's like they shoot a couple of scenes with uh, with Judd and, and Ellie together in, in this new adaptation interacting, but they just come across. They don't come across as like. Bonding. I'm getting to know. Yeah, it come across as like, I'm a creepy pedophile. Yeah, old man, it does. It does. Right? Like, yeah, when he's like, he's like, you know, so dresses her in the um, in the cemetery for the first time. He comes off super creepy. Yeah. I didn't think he come across creepy at all. I thought he came across like like he didn't want to come across creepy to the mom. Uh, that, there, there was a line I even wrote it down where uh, Ellie says like, "I'll put a spell on you." When she's in her, he's, like, he's like, "You've already, you already." Yeah. You already have, sweetheart. You already have, sweetheart. You bewitched me. Like, you know, I was like, ooh, yeah. He's like, no, I just took that as I, when when it happened. I was like, you that can't that do could that be these days. that could be that could be misconstrued in another way. Yeah, it yeah. totally can. You know, nah, that's I, where the audience is going to go right away. Right. I completely missed that. No, I, I was I was I was definitely getting some. Well, well, Brian and I had a chat the other night about how you just don't put yourself in situations. <laughs> so he's always on guard. He's like, it don't matter if you believe it or not. He's like, other people can see it. <laughs> Don't put yourself in bad situations. That's my yeah. life advice. <laughs> if you're not there, it, nothing bad will happen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I do agree that... Maybe nothing good, but definitely nothing bad. Yeah. Stay at home. <laughs> um, I, I thought that also also thought that they uh, they set up the father's grief a little bit better in the in their first one. Like It felt like it just kind of like moved on. And Judd's like, you're not going to do what I think you're going to do, are you? That's what I was wanting to talk about the other day that ties into why I don't like the ending on the new one. All right, go ahead. Oh, wait, are we going to talk about the ending of the new one? You know what? <laughs> why, don't, why don't we take a break right here? We're going to play the trailer. And when we get back, we're going to discuss... You guys will not allow a guy to have thoughts. <laughs> the end of Pet Cemetery. Write it down, Benson. Write it down. Write your I'm idea. Not writing anything down. In the woods today, L.A. discovered a charming little landmark... The Pet Cemetery. Place to bury our pets and remember them. Might seem scary, but it's not. Perfectly natural. Just like dying is natural. Old town's been using this place for generations. Folks make a kind of ritual out of it. It's not some campfire story. Saw these in the trees up there. They're warnings. The local tribes carved them before they fled. They fear that place. There's something up there. Something that dates way back. Those woods belong to something else. Something. 
That cat was dead. That brings things back. Church? I know what you're thinking of doing. But they don't come back the same. Daddy. Who's? What's going on? Hug your daughter. I should never have shown you that place. Your child is not the only thing that will come back. The barrier is broken. We have a second chance. Sometimes dead is better. We're back. That was the trailer for Pet Cemetery, and we don't come back the same either. <laughs> man, they give a lot of things away in that trailer. Yeah, man. But we are officially in spoiler section here. Everybody dies. That's actually kind of true <laughs> this time. Now, Vincent, Even you were cat. saying about the end and why you don't care much for it. It wasn't more about that. Was like we were talking about how the father grieved well, in and, the original. Uh, and in the book. Kind of the themes in the novel. You have like this addiction theme, like the dad gets addicted to the place and then Wait, to living in the house? So he's like, Oh, this place is great. Yeah, I'm so glad we moved here. Like that? No. Like he buried the cat and then he buried his daughter. Oh, he's addicted to So the... he's a, he he he's he's obsessed okay. with the place and then you've got all the emotional stuff of his son dying. And then he has to kill his own son. He can't see that the the place sends him back bad, so he has to go bury his wife there. Does he say that line where he's like he's like uh like he did in the first movie? He's like he's like I just waited too long. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that but that's good logic if, if someone who's grasping at like, straws. Yeah, he's 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 logic like you know he's making excuses to go back. Right. Gage was in the ground too long, so I, I got he's a fresh like, corpse. He's like, this this is fresh. She's fresh. She's, she's gonna be okay. She's gonna be fresh. It's all fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, like <laughs> it does make sense. The whole the whole premise of the story in, in the first in the first movie in the novel is the dad's you know journey here in the new one you don't really get that sense of him having to like kill his daughter and just the way it just wraps up i don't know to me it steals the the flow of the thought flow of the emotions he doesn't kill his daughter though does he no what, what what do you guys think of what is this movie saying what is the theme because when they change the end it i mean like you said benson like the addiction metaphors kind of dropped. Yeah. Because he he buries his daughter. The daughter comes back. And then he gets killed by the wife because the daughter, the possessed daughter, went and buried the mom. Yeah. And then at the end, we have a family of zombies. Coming to kill Gage. And I don't know. When you get that last shot, it's kind of, it's, in a weird way, it's kind of hopeful because it's like, well, at least now they're all a family of zombies. Maybe they don't know how to do locks. Maybe they can't get in the car to kill Gage. <laughs> well, no, he opens the door. It's the prequel, oh, The Walking right, Dead. Yeah. Like, we wonder what happened on The Walking Dead. Here this it is. is how it happened. 
<laughs> it wasn't a virus. It wasn't a T cell virus Fucking... or, or hell, hell being full or whatever. It's always a damn Indian burial ground. Yeah. It's the cause of all, all this shit, man. Fucking yeah. poltergeist. Yeah, uh, I think that's what. Shining. As much. You moved and I'll be honest. Like, Stoltz, but you didn't move the bodies. When we went to when we went and saw it last Sunday, um, I was totally into it until the end of the movie, and at the end, it just oh, the movie's made really well. It's it paced. It felt like yeah, it just fell off a cliff to me. And wrap up. I think I, I haven't thought about it like this since then, but I think it, it went from being this movie about you know like dealing with death and metaphors of addiction to hey look now it's a zombie movie in the last like four minutes yeah it just i don't know man it comes out of nowhere and it's really abrupt yeah the minute like the dad is fighting uh his daughter ellie in, in the graveyard in the pet the actual pet cemetery not the indian burial ground right and he just gets the spike or uh, what is it it's a it's a head, It's another marker. It's a mar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but yeah, just out of nowhere, right through the chest. Yeah, I mean, it's a good gore, gore moment, and I yeah. jumped. But it's just it just goes off the rail the minute that happens, for me. And there was there was I don't know there were some great moments before then like that fits with all the themes like when when the mom shows back up and she sees her daughter walking towards her and the husband oh that is so great you know says hug your daughter hug and your, oh, yeah. the oh, mom man. just can't bring herself to wrap her hands around this walking right corpse like that's not my daughter as much as she wants her daughter back she doesn't want me that's not her daughter amy c metz killing it bro dude she nailed that scene god she was it, good. like that was a great scene but then, for that ending, the way it just, it, I don't know, it just takes that away. It takes that emotion away and replaces it with shock value. Yeah. You don't know, man. I, I was watching it the second time, and it just, it kind of just seemed very happy. It's like, oh, you know, it's, it's a dead family now. You well, know? It, it definitely I had someone call that ending very cartoony. Like, it felt like it just kind of. It, it drops the very morbid feel from the book. Yeah. And it goes to this sort of campy ending i don't know it, it just changes tone to me it's so weird too because all the you're right all the other changes because i mean this movie does change a lot it, man I, i'm on board with all of them well yeah 90 percent of them i was like that works great you know changing the book to a screenplay yeah i mean, even the changing it to the daughter which i thought i was gonna have a problem with i didn't have a problem at all oh man the kid killing scene Guys, the kid killing scene. Remind me. Well, where Ellie dies in the street. Oh, dude, that was badass. Because you know, in the original, you see, you know, everyone knows. In the original, Gage goes yeah. out there. Man, they kind of fucked up with the trailer, though. Like knowing that Ellie was gonna die, and that they switched. I see. I'm torn because I wish they hadn't told me that. I'm kind of glad I knew because if I'd have gone in and thought Gage was gonna die, I might have been so upset that I didn't get what I was wanting <laughs> that I couldn't have got back into the movie so I had a little time to adjust so I was okay with it when I when I was watching it I mean there was a moment where I was like are they gonna kill both kids yeah that was great I did yeah, wonder that good misdirection and then I don't know man yeah which I, is <clears throat> which is another thing I thought like, it worked in the trailer they show um, the uh, Judd's like uh, like Achilles tendon getting cut on the stairs Oh, yeah. Which in the movie he goes by the bed, which is where it happens in the original, and there's a, there's like a moment, 
and then oh. he like looks under there, and you think and it's about the... you think it's about to happen right yeah. there, and then it happens. So I mean, like they they do the same thing there. There's misdirection there, and then they show it, but they fucking showed it in the trailer. Well, they're doing misdirection. That's a that's a callback to the original '89 film, you know? Right? Which, which which that's cool though. But yeah. what I'm saying is like, man, damn, don't show it in the trailer. And they do do some callback. They do a, they do a couple callbacks to the, the original. Mm. I, I see what you're saying, Benson. Like, I guess it's good for like people that read Stephen King that they've lived with this book for a while that you tell them on the front hand like hey look we're making a significant change here yeah I'm, I'm, I'm torn on whether that was a good idea or not but yeah at the same time well I, I went really southern on the good idea or not that was a good idea or not <laughs> it was a good wendigo that's what it was not, not a loon or a deer or a moose <laughs> sometimes wendigo dead is better sometimes dead is better yeah. I mean like, if we're gonna compare this one to the 89 film I think this one looks more like a movie feels more like a movie it's paced like more like a movie oh yeah now I've heard a lot of people complaining about the pace really I thought this was like that it's too slow really well. I have heard I've heard some people say that the beginning of the movie is too fast and the end of the movie is too slow then I've heard some people say the beginning of the movie is all exposition and is too slow and the end of the movie is just right I thought it played out fine. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a problem with the pacing at all. No, not at all. Now, the people that said it was too slow at the beginning also were complaining that you didn't need to explain how the pet cemetery works. Yeah, you do. But. Fucking like new you audience to, you that set come up in. the rules, man. Yeah. I, I would assume that there's people who haven't seen the original totally. that would see this, and you kind of have to explain that Every the world. Comic book is someone's first comic book. Just you know, like you can't you can't like think that or assume that the audience is going to come in prepared. And it's not like they told that much in the movie. They didn't give a lot of backstory, so I, I find that criticism to be bullshit. I, yeah, they didn't. I felt the this, same this way a lot. Yeah, like John Lithgow's character is not like, hey, we're going to bury your cat and your cat's going to come back, and no, it just kind of all happens. And like Lewis in this one, he goes over to Judd and he's just like. Yo, the cat came back. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I guess because they opened a book at that point and <clears throat> talked. He's like, by the way, I've got this tome over here that explains but that, everything. That, that happens in the original film, and that that's that's what happens in the book too. I mean, he goes over to Judd and he's like, "Hey, dude, uh, either my cat." Well, there's one thing they did in this one; they kind of explained it a little bit because, like in the in the original movie, uh, he's like, "Yeah, I brought your cat back." And he's like, man, that's crazy. That's some crazy shit. And he's like, well, can you bring a person back? He's like, well, you don't want to do that because they come back all crazy and shit. But in the and like, and he, he tells the story of the of the kid that came back and oh, the Vietnam vet, the Vietnam vet, and all yeah. that. But like, uh, but in the new one, he's like, fuck, man. He's like, so they bring it back, and then and then he's like, well, I didn't think that your he's like uh, cat would come back. Uh, bad or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because my whole thing is like, why would you even evil. do it? If you know shit comes back bad, why the fuck would you even like bring back this cat? Like, it just feels like, man, you are you trying to sick evil on me, bro? Yeah. Like, and, well, I mean, Judd doesn't even bring up the <clears throat> the fact that somebody uh, that a human was buried. No, he does that. That's not in the new one at all. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah, know if you knew that or they barely barely touch on it in the new movie. They kind of just skim past it, but it's it's heavily talked about in the novel and that's where like the addiction theme comes from it's the place is like a drug once you do it once it It calls calls to you you and it gives you excuses to go try to 
do it again. Well, they did bring that up in the new movie. He's, he he says that he's like you know he's um, they want you to keep doing it. You know. Yeah, and but like I said, they just kind of skim past it real quick. So I don't understand the. Um, the criticism that it's too much exposition. I, I'm not one of like uh, hand holding the audience, you know. So um, I'm not sure. I think there was enough in this one to where you get it, you know. Yeah, you they, they, they yeah. weren't over explaining anything. I, I think I think I, it's totally gettable. Yeah, I didn't feel like they were hitting anybody over the head with mm-hmm. exposition. They were in the first one. Yeah, they are. But uh, but this one, they they definitely didn't. No, I mean, even when he's uh, even when Judd's taking him out to the the burial ground. Like that moment's not exposition dump or like no. hey you know it's no. a he's scary like, creepy like, just moment on. just build an atmosphere yeah where and one of the differences I I think I think in the original when he was writing the screenplay I don't think it comes across as well on the screen but I think he was trying to create that sort of myth around the place like it's got this history in the town and Judd knows the history and. In the movie, it just sort of comes across as exposition. I mean, they drop all that with, you know, Lewis just does the Google search now because you have the Oracle, you can ask anything. Oh, that's true. And they do bring up the, he sees the article about the... The the, the cow. It's the cow. Oh, it's the vet. Yeah. There is a, not, yeah, not that veterinarian, but um, the Vietnam vet, uh, there's a mention like somebody stole his body out of a, a cemetery. Yeah. Oh, there was a right. newspaper yeah, clipping. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, we um, search on the internet. So the swamp that's in between the uh, cemetery. Little God Swamp. Little God Swamp. Little God Swamp. There's this really baller shot where they like show underwater and he like steps down and he's stepping on bones and oh, shit yeah. of people. What's the deal with that? Is this where people like, this is a body dump? Bro, did you see that Wendigo? Man, it was throwing trees down on him. Like, what if he didn't have that body? What if What if he didn't have uh, Ellie with him? That so window was going to eat his ass. So you, that's the only way you can get safe passage is if you're, you know, making an. an oh, you saw the same movie we did. Yeah, that, well, that, I, no, I'm, but you, that's you, how it's kind of portrayed. Wonder, I just wonder like, how in the book is they explain the swamp. Well, that does. It, that's not a. It's not a little. There's not skeletons under the water. I was just wondering what what the deal with the swamp is. Like, is it? Well, there is a there's a, some kind of creature <clears throat> that is out. And Lewis they, thinks it's the Wendigo. Yeah, he he assumes it, and Judd even assumes it might be the Wendigo because there were stories of it. But they don't know. Nobody knows what hmm. that. Nobody knows what's out there. And they're constantly like, "We're not looking. We're gonna ignore it. Just, it's just loons. Keep on walking. Yeah. Keep on walking." <laughs> like Lewis even like repeats to himself while he's going out there to bury uh, Gage. That's just a loon. Just keep going. That's just a loon. I mean, they, they nailed that so much better. You know, like, watching that 1989 version, going back, and it's just like, oh. We're on a Sunday stroll. <laughs> I mean, even some of the composites uh, with the lightning storms are not perfect, but, man, right. you know, they're good enough. They sell it, and I'm just invested in the atmosphere. I even like the little, like, uh, dry ice fog coming up on the ground. It's yeah. cheesy, man, but no, it works, No, no, it's totally cool. It's nice, like. Modern day gothic feel. I like the way that the pet cemetery looks as well, like the 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 front pet cemetery, oh, and the okay, way the yeah. sign and all that. It, it looks it looks a lot better. It, it's it's a little more tasteful. The other one looks like you walked onto like um, a fucking set. Yeah, it looks planned out. <laughs> it, yeah, it look it looks like you know it's got fake astroturf and uh, you know that's a good point. Like <laughs> watching that movie, I always felt like, and even though I knew it wasn't shot on set, I always felt like it looked like it was shot. On a soundstage. Yeah, like, it does. everything is on a soundstage. I was, I was listening to the directors, because um, this movie is actually directed by two people, Dennis 
Widmeyer and Kevin Kelsch, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, Google would argue. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they actually shot, like, uh, the Creed house. The downstairs is all on location. Really? In the upstairs bathroom, the bathroom where where she does the the bathtub scene where he's, like, brushing her hair and pulling her fucking scalp out. But they, badass. yeah, then they had to build the upstairs just because they couldn't. Like, I don't, I don't think they had enough room to get the cameras in with how the the house was actually built. So it's cheaper to build a soundstage and to you know fix the house. One of the most, uh, but it sells it. Yeah, memorable images from the book. I thought they were going to put in the movie, but they they didn't do it. Was it's been like three days since Gage died, right? When he digs him up, so right. he already has like when he first opens the casket. And un- there's a like he's actually in like a bag or something. He like pulls the bag aside. He thinks Gage is headless because a thing of moss has grown over his face, and he has to move the moss aside. Oh wow! Um, in, in the in the first movie, the dad is so badass he like picks the fucking coffin up, and yeah. like sets it out out of the hole, and then opens it up. I'm like damn. <laughs> I do like Ellie's uh, when she comes back in this new one. Her eyes a little, little droopy. Yeah, yeah. From where she got hit by that. Oh, dude. Truck. We, we, when they're laying in bed and she's like, and he like lays down next to her. His his reaction. He's like, oh god, this is so. Crazy. Yeah, because I mean, it touches that got on. A great awkward yeah. Time. Oh man, that was good. It was a good moment. It does a good job of touching on. That's a dead body. Yeah. Because like that is one thing that comes across big time in the book is like the cat is a dead cat. Even though it's walking around, it's a dead cat. It stinks. Its hair's matted. The kids don't even like to touch it because it feels weird. When Gage comes back, he's a dead body. When Ellie comes back, she's a dead body. Oh, dude, at the end of the first movie when the mom comes back and she's, like, oozing shit out of her face and they start making out. Oh, fuck, dude, that is so nasty. I was like, nah. And then she grabs for the knife and then they cut to black. She's like, darling. I'm like, oh, Oh, get your pussy out away from me. Yeah, he's like, oh, she's like, I'm so wet. Come here. Oh, it's nasty. Can you see it? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) look how wet you make me. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. Honey, you're home. Nasty undead necrophilia. Ugh. It just, I don't know, it feels Make like an episode hole. of Creepshow. That is, that's one thing I, I, I like in this movie better than in the book and in the original film is that you get some time when the child comes home, when Ellie comes in and the dad has, he's got a couple of moments. He's, there's like three or four scenes when he just gets to be with her. Yeah, yeah I thought that was interesting. And I, I like the fact that she realized that she was dead. Like when they're sitting in bed. And she's talking about that moment. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember my birthday party. And then it's black. Am I dead? And then her I, eye does that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. And then she keeps wanting to, like, you got to tell mom. You're going to have to tell mom. Yeah. I love how that builds. And yeah. it well, really it, puts his character. When yeah, Judd comes over, it's playing he's on. He's the dick. It's playing on his, his having to deal with what he did. And then it just drops it. It's such a good build up. That's what the end. That's why the end is such a disappointment, dude. Because they they make that change, and it's like this is fucking that was brilliant. A great job, yeah. You guys are taking this material to the next level. This is genius. Just fucking just just letting your actors just fucking go with it, man, and just letting that scene play. It's so good. They threw it away. I can't, you can't hit a home run all the time. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I, I do understand. 
This setup is so good, man. I love that. I just even going back in sec- second time, just watching Jason Clark and that that little girl, that little actress. They're just interactions. Even when he's like giving her a bath. Oh yeah, dude. And her hair is like getting ripped out, and oh, you see man. the stitches down or the staples oh. down the back of her skull, and you realize this kid doesn't have a brain. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, what's 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 there? <laughs> what is it? I and you can't like, what is the dad thinking there? Is he like, oh, I guess this is how my daughter is now? Or is he grossed out by it? Or, like, his face, you can read it so many different ways. Yeah. It's such a good performance. I Yeah, you, I mean, to me, it just comes across like, I'll, I'll deal with anything to have my little girl back. Because he hasn't really realized yet that's not his little girl. Yeah. I think he starts to kind of get it when he asks her, why'd you put the dress back on when she's down... Oh, doing that and knocking shit over, fucked up ballerina like she like no flow ballerina stuff down in the living room. Oh man, yeah, just knocking shit off. Her little everything. zombie dance. I like that, man. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, too. Oh, it's very so good. It's very how you would imagine a zombie kid. a reanimated kid would be. Yeah, I mean, you're asking J- Jason Clark to do a lot of things in this version of Lewis Creed. Like, you're seeing your daughter. You're dealing with it. You're dealing with Judge. you got to be antagonistic against him. And then you got to sell it to Rachel when she comes home. And he's got you that line. Her up. I love the line, too, when uh, Judd comes over because he just talked to Rachel, and Rachel said she'd been calling all morning. And then he's like, I, I got to get back in here. Uh, Rachel may call. I've been waiting on her to call. And Judd yeah. knows right then, oh, shit. Yeah. And they do that shot where you can see his fingernails and they're all bloody. And then he looks and up and sees oh, yeah. Ellie looking out the window and he's like, oh, oh fuck. shit. Dude. Runs back and instantly starts, oh, shit, you know this bitch is coming after me. That's where I'd have gotten the truck and drove. I thought that same <laughs> shit. It's time to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, you know, he feels partly responsible. I mean, you know. If he wouldn't have, you know, done it. Is yeah, it is his fault. Yeah. I also like how they put like the burial ground is a pool on everything, um, and it even causes it causes uh, Ellie to die because the the cat the reanimated cat is what draws Ellie out into the road to get hit by the truck. I thought that was a great idea yeah. too, right? Yeah. I thought I thought that that worked really well. I think the cat looked too big, like the animated cat coming down the road. That composite, dude. I loved all those cat shots, dude. I thought the cat shot looked fun. It's about him coming down the road when she's like, "Church," like when when he's leaving the cat and he's driving away. I know that shot's a composite with the cat just standing in the middle of the road. Yeah, but I, I kind of liked it. I liked how the camera was bobbly. You could tell they didn't exactly track it 100 percent right. Yeah, and the 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 back depth of field's a little little off from the foreground, but it I thought it worked. Yeah, I thought it actually helped the. The shot. It, did the in the original movie the cat's eyes glowing? Is that like that's a composite? How did they do that? No, that's right. It's just shine the shine the light. They get right? the cat's eyes to glow to glow like that. Like there's shine a light in the cat's eyes. That, yeah, right. But like you're picking it up. I mean, like you know, there's a lot of movement in there. How do you how do you keep it's it a, on it? Well, as long as the cat's looking toward the lens, right? The eyes will glow. Even when he's looking away, man, like there's there's like shots of this cat. I was wondering, I was wondering if it was had been digitally fixed, man. In if the that's version a, that I saw, if that's a composite, that's a really fucking good composite. Yeah, because I don't know how the hell I don't. I've got I've got cats, and I've never gotten. I'm gonna go home tonight and shine a bunch of lights in their eyes and see if I can get that that glow like. It that. may be a composite, but you well, know, just eighty nine. I would assume that it's not, but I mean, it's super bright yellow, like 
and, and, and it's round too. They cats, got a, cats, cats, irises are like that, like that ellipsoidal, ellipsoidal yeah. thing. They got a lot of light on that set. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, yes. they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, I'm surprised his eyes ain't glowing. Actually, the 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 catch light outside, man, you, you could just see the giant HMIs. Like their skin tone is is like perfectly exposed, but you see this massive, bright, fucking like catch light in their eyes. You know, just big hot sources. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big nice shadows. There, there's a scene where uh, the mom comes in to check on uh, the kid in bed, and there's like this like. Uh, this harsh backlight and it's her shadow and then she opens the door and you can see the outline of the door in her shadow in, in the, in the first one. Uh, and then, and then she closes the door. It, it's, it's it, early, it's early in the movie. I'm just saying like these really harsh shadows. When she's going in and checking on both kids, checking on the kids. Okay. Yeah. She opens the door and then you see like the, you know, her, her form appear with I, the, I remember the outline. scene. I, yeah, yeah. I just having trouble recalling the visuals. Yeah. I even liked how Church came oh, yeah. back in this one. Oh yeah, because in the original, like the dad, they're gone. Remember? Yeah. And the dad sees Church like in the garage or something. And yeah, they play it off he, as a jump scare. Then he's he goes like, oh, and, shit, and he falls down. <laughs> and he goes and talks to Judd in this one. Like the dad's gonna lie and say that Church ran off, and she's like, "No, Church is right there." <laughs> oh yeah, he, he was in my window this morning. Oh man, Rachel's got that. That's one. That's one of the best lines of the whole movie. She's like, "Good thing you're not a fucking vet." Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dead, huh? I liked how that. You could have played that back up later. Not a vet. <laughs> Brought the cat back. Brought your daughter back. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie family. What'd you guys think about the um, new Zelda scenes? The Those makeup were and the, the dumbwaiter. I thought the dumbwaiter dumb was, was brilliant. Great. Yeah, that was a good. That was a great scare. idea, man. That medicine cabinet jump scare, dude, dude. I don't think I've jumped that that hard in a while. Dumbwaiters are creepy, anyways, and they. I don't know, man. I like her falling down the fucking shaft and just. Oh, it's so great. Oh, dude, this the sound effects like you're like when she like looks up oh. and she's just hearing. And that thing where she's she said, she the said, sound? she said, you know, they they took the body out of there, but I could always think she I could hear her in the walls, like she's just in the wall. That's so fucking creepy and awesome. And I couldn't help but think, like, knowing how twisted Zelda got in the original story, did she like purposely throw herself down the dumb waiter, trying to just kill to get to, just so that Rachel would always have to live with it? Or maybe she was just that hungry. It's kind of that's. Kind of how it seems is that, like, you know, either that or she's like, fuck it. My life sucks. I'm going to end it. it. Definitely. Yeah. It definitely comes across that way. Because, man, it's not easy just to fall down a dumb way. No. <laughs> Especially with her medical condition. Like, I mean, she wouldn't be. It's not like a normal person right. where you would, like, look down. Her spine's all fucked up. <laughs> so she would have to, like, crawl in there. And you can hear her, like, working her way across the room. Oh, dude! Yeah, the sound is so fucking good in this movie, man. So I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't help but think like she saw that her sister sent the food up by the tray and's like, well, "Fuck this!" Yeah, I and when she was going for the medicine cabinet, I kept expecting hands to come out when she she opens the door and you see it's the the dumb waiter. I was like, "Oh, here we go. We're gonna get hands." But man, she looks in. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Oh, you just you just know what's happening. You're like, okay, where's the jump scare? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. For some reason, I kept expecting the cat. 
Oh, I didn't think about that. There's the cat. Don't save the cat. Yeah, don't save the cat. Fuck the cat. This is a bad kitty. I like the way the trucks sounded when they passed. They made that shit like super Sound like, oh, a, yeah. like a dinosaur. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a great moment where like uh, Lewis is. Uh, it's right after uh, Victor Pascal comes in and you know he, he passed away and everything, and he's just kind of dealing with it. And he's sitting at the stoplight, and it's just sitting there flashing. And oh, while, it's super bright red on him, yeah. Yeah, and while it flashes like off, he gets these little flashes. They intercut of yeah. Victor Pascal dying. And he's like, okay, okay, well, I'm going to drive now. And then a truck comes in and like, whoosh. I don't think I've ever drunk, uh, like actually jumped out of my seat for a truck <laughs> in a movie. I was like, yeah, man. No. Well done. Well done. Yeah, they did a good job with those. I'm, I'm excited to see what these directors do next, man. What what have they done before? Starry Eyes was there. Oh, Broken okay. Thing. Okay. They did uh, Holidays as well. They did and... the Scream TV series. Yeah, they did that. That was terrible. You know, I really can't say it's bad, but uh, it's bad. I only only made it through two or three episodes. That's how you know it's bad. But to be fair, they did the second season. Is the second season better? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't get past the first episode. Yeah. We have the rating here, guys. I do believe so, Brian. All right. Hey, you know what? Let's rate the uh, let's rate both versions. I was thinking we'd do that too. Oh wow! Wasn't expecting that. Let's uh, let, how about we do, go around and uh, do uh, Pet Cemetery 1989 first? What you guys? What you guys rating 1989's Six. Pet Cemetery? Six. Six. I do five. I do five. <laughs> I do a five, man. I mean, you know, it, it it scared a generation. You know, it 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 made money. It had Denise Crosby in it. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Fred Gwynn. May that's you know, good performance by him. Looks like shit. Maybe it's not a five. You know, like really. Every like, time I'm I talk, you it, always go lower. Well, no, I just like why, why you're thinking about. It, I'm like, you know, am I rating it that because of? Is it just nostalgia? Because I've I've just lived with this movie for so long. It's just been part of. That's what I'm saying. Like it, like it, it, it scared a generation, man. Yeah. Like, but, but keep in mind, you got to think about the time it came out and all that. But I think movies look better than. Than this one, especially the budget on this. Yeah, this was the highest grossing uh, Stephen King adaptation when it came out in 1989. So. Yeah. But just keep in mind, we'd already had The Exorcist and other really badass scary movies. Yeah, no, we, we had a lot of great scary movies. But, yeah. What say you, Benson? Oh, I don't know, five and a half, six. All right. Yeah. Somewhere along in there. Fred Gr- Fred Gwynn just really raises it the bar, man. He does elevate you know? it. Well, the production design's good. Look, kid has some good moments. It's got memorable moments. Yeah, and it does scare little kids. It's really tough watching today, though, man. It does not hold up thirty years later. I don't no. think. I've just always thought it was a. Even before I knew what poorly directed looked like, or meant, like I had that feeling about this movie. I can like see that I can right. remember thinking this movie doesn't look like a movie, if that makes sense. It does. Like it, it never looked like it. Before I even knew what straight to video look like meant, I thought <laughs> that's what that looked like. Man, this shit looks worse than Leprechaun Three. Is that Lep in the Hood? No, that was like four or five. Okay. <laughs> I think they're gonna do another one. Uh, you'd be surprised. All right. So, what do you guys think of 2019? I'm going to go 7.5. I was going to go 8. I was going to go 7, 7.5. Going 8 because it's really pretty. And uh, it's paced well. 
Yeah. And if you'd never seen the original or read the book, I think you'd be like, oh, that was a crazy movie. All right, Jared. I didn't, I didn't get to ask you. What, now, what did you think of the end of this new version compared to okay, the original? Okay, so I didn't remember the original, and I hadn't read the book. I know I had seen the original. But as we were walking out, I was like, wasn't there some shit with a drill? And we were like, oh, no, that's the second one. So I, I remember the second one more than the first one. So kind of going in, not really like knowing anything, I was just like, eh, I don't like that ending. I was like, eh, really? Like every, every family of zombie, you know, family of zombies, dead people. So I was like, eh, but I, I did like the little like, oh, shit, they're going after the kid because you kind of forgot about Gage. Yeah, you did. And they lock him in the car, and then all this shit goes on, and then like, oh shit, that's right, the kid's in the car, you know, boom. So that that was a good little ender. Benson even leaned over in the middle of the movie and was like, where's Gage? <laughs> and as soon as he <laughs> well, did there, that, there's a whole portion of the movie where they just like, yeah. don't even mention him. And everybody acts like they forgot about Gage. Yeah, they got a lot of stuff to cover those guys. I, I, I'll yeah. give him that. I'll give him that. He came back at the end, though. He did. He did. Because there was a moment where I was like, you know, why do they even have fucking Gage here? <laughs> I do miss the scene where Lewis gets into a fight with his father-in-law, and they knock the casket oh, over. Oh, at the, at the funeral? Yeah. You should have been there. Where I don't the miss fuck that were scene you? All, I just missed the... I like that actor that plays the dad, uh, in uh, the, gra- the grandfather in the, in the first movie. I may be just more thinking of the book, but I miss how much it bothers Lewis to see... That hand pop up. What hand pop up? Yeah, I'm trying to remember a hand. Sorry, dude. I'm, uh, when the, I, I when, coughed and I just kind of... When the casket falls over and it the lid pops open for a oh, second and he yeah, can see yeah, just yeah. His, his little son's hand pop up for just a second. Yeah, that is a little disturbing. Because it... And that's one time where bad special effects actually really helped the movie. Yeah. It, it was such a rubbery looking hand. That it looked like a dead human hand. Yeah, it actually, yeah. that really, really helped that scene. I thought, yeah, look, bad special effects are not always bad. Depends on how you use them. Yeah, there you go. So I'd, I'd give the original five and a half, new one, uh, seven, book, eight. Man, fuck that book, dude. Fuck I like the that book. book. No, look, man, Pet Cemetery is a fucking pain in the ass to get through, dude. You want to talk about depression? Stephen King says it's his scariest book. No, it's his most depressing fucking book. Like, you don't understand what the word scary means, Stephen King. Let me explain the adjective to you, okay? Crying is not scary. It's just depressing. Oh, crying's not scary, Brian? It's sad. Crying's not scary? It's sad, Jared. Uh, as a how parent, comes, how losing a child is pretty scary to me. How come when you're freaking out, you're crying? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, they don't even cover in the book. You don't. The scene is not written where Gage runs out into the truck. That's not. No, it, you got to get it all backstory. <laughs> it's all backstory, which makes it so much worse because it's not. There's no oh, thrill you don't, in you it. You don't see it firsthand. You, no, you, no. you catch it in in memory. The the book just skips. It just automatically hits it's act like, two by the way gage, gage is, is dead, dead. <laughs> yeah holy fuck yeah it's like the first that's paragraph strange right that's yeah there's a way to do that there's a very there's a very tender scene with him and gage flying a kite yeah and then part two and they're getting ready for gage's funeral and Lewis wow, is, what a weird way to do that he's replaying the event over and over and over there's even one part where like well, it's it, kind of interesting, though. It breaks, and it's like, oh, that was a dream. And then it goes through Gage's entire life, 
And then all oh, that's a dream. No, nope, Gage is dead. See, I, I kind of like that as the book, though, because he's trying to put you in the mindset of, oh, of, I like, thought it was of brilliant. Like, dwelling and all that. And so instead of seeing the moment and getting the shock of it, you start to build on the dwelling and then build on the dwelling. And I then, and then the, that, that what you just said, the surprise, like, oh, shit, maybe it's not. So you, as the reader's like, oh, my God, maybe he is alive. And then, boom, nope, it's not. So backward now, back into the dwelling. You can just that, see that, that cycle, cycle of thought just going over yeah. and over and how he just he can't accept. And, like, Rachel needs his needs his help. They're having to medicate her, and he just can't. He can't be there for anybody. He's just a zombie lost in his own thoughts. Wow. No, yeah, it's fucked up. It's pages on pages and over just like a parent grieving for their child. Like, what could be? What could I do? What can I do? And then when the dad like just, I mean, the dad just straight up is like, you know, you you murdered your son, you fucker. Yeah, you're a fuck stick. <laughs> why didn't you? Why didn't you grab him? God, can't you do fucking anything? I mean, just starts. It's like, what the fuck is happening, man? This guy's life is shit. Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. There's a, there's a great scene where his, his buddy's trying to tell him, like, Lewis, you've got to be there for your family. And Lewis is like, yeah, yeah, be there, be there. Yeah, they can tell, like, he's gone. Not a fun boy, a fun read, man, no. No, it's not one that's fun, but well-written. Guys, would you recommend people read this book? No. Watch the movie. It depends. <laughs> Watch the movie. You can experience pain in two hours. Read the book and you can experience it for days. Days. Well, just listen to it on your next road trip with the family. Yeah. Look, I mean, if you don't have kids, I mean, I don't like I remember reading this without kids when I was uh, like a preteen. And I don't remember. I don't remember this affecting okay. me at all. Yeah. When I read it in high school, I, was, I actually thought it was boring. Yeah. And then reading it with kids, like, for two weeks, I was messed in the head. Okay, so The Shining is the Father's Day movie, and this is when your kid's birthday. Every kid, every 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 year, you watch this with your kids on their birthday. You just want to bum them out? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what happens. When I say don't run toward the road and look both That's right. ways, That's this, right. is what, this is what happens. See? Our whole family's going to turn into goddamn zombies. You want that shit to happen? You want that on your head? You see, my, my grandmother solved that shit by when we were little kids. Like, I, I my brother tells the story, but like he he was running toward the road, and she uh, got out after uh, my grandmother ran after him and snatched his ass up and beat his ass with a, a wooden spoon. So uh, there's dire consequences for running at the road. Yeah, kids, stop trying to kill yourselves. <laughs> you leave the room, and then all of a sudden there's a fort going right for the electric outlet. Like, no, what the fuck are you doing? My God. And every parent knows that feeling where their kid starts running and they're running towards something you don't want them running towards, but they think you're playing chase. I mean, it's a miracle any kid survives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I just like every time, like when you have a, a two year old running around your house, I just have these like real quick flashes of just like panic of like, oh my God, he's going to slip and fall because they're clumsy as shit. Right. They trip over their own feet like all the time. It's like, oh my God, he's going to hit his head on the fucking coffee table and then boom, he's dead. Um, there's but this, it's just not that far of a fall for him. So <laughs> there's this yeah. thing that I've seen that, that parents do, um, where uh, you know, my first inaction, like like reaction, is like you see a kid fall and smacks his head on the coffee table. You're like, oh shit! But like uh, I've seen parents who dealt with this for a while the kid falls hurts himself, and they're like, oh, you're okay, you know, because the kid looks up to you for a reaction. It's like, <gasps> yeah, am I okay? And if you're like, oh my god, are you okay? Then they start crying. 
But if you're like, oh, no, man, you're fine. That was great. That was great. You're good, right? Yeah. Because they're like, <laughs> unless they're really hurt, and then they start and then crying. they start freaking out. So there's this moment where they like, <gasps> well, I mean, to, you know, they're they're learning it. They're learning all of that for the first time, right? Like, how do I act when I kind of am hurt? <laughs> Still freaks you out though as a parent, man. Oh fuck, bro. It all freaks you out. You're a parent, and you just see danger everywhere in the world. You're like, I want fucking styrofoam covering every fucking corner. No <laughs> corner will be sharp in my house. Fuck you! I, I see noticed a bunch with, of sharp corners in your house. I noticed well, with ours... It my just, kids it, know how to walk now. Dude. <laughs> I don't have any toddlers anymore. <laughs> with ours, it, it gradually went from, like, super protective. Like, oh my god, can't let her touch anything, to... Eh, fuck, you should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is how, you know, once they start learning how to walk, you go, like, like, yeah. By the third one, we're like, yeah, go ahead, stick that in the light socket, see what'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> sure, go play ball in the street, son. Yeah. Your wife's like, Jeremy, if this goes according to plan, our food bill is going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be able to get into the shower at least 15 minutes earlier. You just, you just learn they're way more resilient than you give them credit for. And on that note, guys... You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. Extra E at the end of the word crew. Hashtag extra E. <laughs> at gmail.com. You guys can subscribe, rate and review Apple Podcast, Spotify, Tuned In, Overcast, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. Benson, where can our lovely audience follow you, sir? On Instagram, at J. Edward Benson. And Jared, where can they follow you, good man? You can follow me on Twitter, at Jared B. Callen, and on Instagram, at CheckTheGate. And you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Elkins Edits. And we're going to close out the show tonight... Uh, we're going to play a little bit from the soundtrack that Christopher Young, I think this is his best score since, uh, Drag Me to Hell. This is a really good score. Um, you're not going to be able to hear it, uh, because we do the podcast in mono, but if you download the soundtrack on iTunes, it's got a nice stereo mix where it bounces back and forth in your speakers and does this little creepy chimes. Oh, it's nice. It's nice. Highly recommend the soundtrack. Uh, but we're going to be playing track number two, The Main Road. And we're also going to play the uh, remake of Pet Cemetery that was originally done by the Ramones. This time is covered by Starcrawler. Enjoy. <laughs> 